back to Literally Literary. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. This episode is a bonus episode featuring EPCC student responses to Gris Munoz's debut collection, Guadalique Girl. Hello, my name is Mark Arbenares, and I just wanted to say that I love this book, and I liked how Gris, um, his stories in the book are like very different in a way, and it's just not in English, but it's also in Spanish. And that's what I love the most about it. Um, one of my favorites in the book is Costco on page 22. It just reminded me about how me and my grandma used to go to Costco and how we would just, uh, we would just wake, we would just walk around and, and see stuff like that. And it just remi- reminds me of it. And it just felt close to my heart. Thank you. Hello. As I read this book, I realized how cultural and relatable it is to many of us here in El Paso. Munoz really gets into detail and tells short story tells short stories about her life and her experiences. The one short story that really caught my eye was Weekend. This is because so many people can relate to her. During the short story weekend, she would try to find all the spare change that she could, but only ended up finding $2 bills and five fifteen coins. She then knew she had to wait till Monday to get groceries. There are many people that can relate to this. Um, I really enjoyed reading this book because it got into depth of how she lived and how the culture, heartbreak, and politics about the border are. Thank you. I also enjoyed this book because she explained all the history and background about El Paso. She really got into detail about the culture and the history. Um, her poems and short stories are very in-depth and show how El Paso is and how some people treat others, especially the politics of about having darker, having a darker skin tone. This was a really great book. Um, I really plan on finding more information out about um, Munoz because this was really good. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, this is my voice response to Coat Lick You Girl. Um, I apologize if my voice sounds a little off. I'm just a little sick. Um, I do have a minor cough, so I apologize about that. Um, my first thoughts on it, uh, when I first bought the book and I took a quick peek at it, I saw all the poems and stories. I wasn't really too sure about it. Um, I didn't think I was going to personally enjoy it. Uh, but, you know, it's like they say, don't judge a book by its cover right away. Um, I want to say the first or second story I, I, uh, I read, it blew my mind. Um, and personally, because in a way I, I, I related to it so much. Um, the story Costco, um, I just felt like she was telling my story 
instead of hers, um, you know, because everything she would say that, like I said, uh, it just felt so on a personal level because, you know, on my experience, it wasn't for uh, Costco, but for Sam's, my mom would make me do the exact same thing. Um, she would tell, while she was shopping, she would make me stand right there where the people were. And, you know, she would tell me, you know, stay there because they might give away free, uh, free items. Um, or sometimes she would even tell me if they ask for volunteers, I want you to be one of the first ones to go in case you get the prize or, you know, something like that. And just her vibe and the way she explained the whole setting and the comments that people made, it just felt everything seem like she was saying step-by-step what I was going through. And, um, you know, the rest of the books and the stories were, were, were great. You know, they're really good ones. I didn't think I was going to understand them, but, you know, they're they're really good. But, uh, yeah, just to wrap up my thoughts, um, you know, I thought I wasn't going to, you know, I guess you could say bond with this story, these book, uh, all these stories in this book at all. But um, also with the poems, I felt like I personally I have a hard time connecting with poems mostly because I don't understand them. But these I understood. And, you know, I just I like the whole book in general, just all the stories and her experiences and how I could relate to them. Not all of them, but, you know, some that I do, I relate to very personally. Um, and it's like to say, uh, don't judge a book by its cover because clearly I was wrong. But so far, my thoughts on uh, on the the book itself, it's it's really it's really great. Um, the whole stories, poems, it's you know, it's and uh, to be honest with you, I I didn't even know she was from El Paso, but you know, until I uh, up until I read, but it's 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 really great. Um, Weekend was my favorite story from the selection. Um, it was my favorite because I myself have been through the same situation repeatedly, more than once. And what I mean by that is, um, first, like I have been through the struggle of not having money to eat. I also, like the narrator, have a three-year-old. So I pretty much had to, at that time, like I had to feed myself and my son. So I have been through that. I've been through the struggle, like trying to look for money everywhere. Um, also, I have been um, I have been watched by men while having my son. And let me tell you, that is honestly one of the scariest feelings ever. Like, like now I'm prepared to buy some pepper spray. Because, yeah, like when I go to the stores, I always feel men watching. It's really, really scary. Um, some quotes, some strong lines that stood, stood to me was on page 41. And then, yeah, page 41, this is like when um, she's talking about the men watching her. So it says, he was watching me in the familiar way the Mexican men do, where they hyper-focus on any body part of yours might be used to for their sexual gratification. The men around here, they don't even try to hide it. So, yeah, honestly, like, even since I was little, like, walking downtown with my mom, we always see... But um, we would always see older men watching us, making making us feel uncomfortable. And to this day, that still happens to me. Um, another strong um, line that I like, well, that I can pretty much relate to, was on page 43, where she says, we just had to make it till Monday. 
Yes, I've been there many times that we don't have any food. I try my best to come up with some money and we'll make it through the weekend until on Monday. Yeah, I've been I've been through that through that many times. So yeah, I like this story a lot. Um on page 49, um highways. Highways is my favorite story from this selection. It was my favorite because I related to many of the things she had said about her life. Um, in the beginning, on page 49, where she starts saying, Every time I look across the silent desert, I remember him. His face lives vivid in my mind, very near memories of like these mountains cannot be moved. I almost expect to see him in the distance, walking slowly towards the world, dust devils erupting at his black beaded feet. So pretty much like she's driving, she's imagining someone that passed away. I I like this passage, I like this paragraph because my stepdad passed away, it's been three years now and I always think about him, I miss him. So this made me remember him. Sometimes I'd be driving and then just thinking like really deep thoughts. Um, let me see. Um, I myself lived my whole childhood in Horizon. And if you guys don't know, that's like in the middle of the desert. So when she starts talking about Favens, um, the de- like in the desert, where she says, the desert was familiar to us. Favens was surrounded by it. So when my cousins and I were born, we searched for Niños de la Tierra. None of us had seen one, but we heard they they were tan incense that looked like babies and even cried if you burned them with the match. So this gives me many memories because my cousins used to live literally like a block away from where I used to live in Horizon. We would always be together. We would always go and explore the desert. We would always find like random ass insects, nasty as insects. So yeah, I do remember Los Niños de la Tierra. I remember seeing them. So yeah, this brings back like a lot of back a lot of old memories. Um, let's see. Yeah, podcast two was, I liked that it was really detailed um, for each story. I like how both of the, the narrators, um, how they said what they what stood up to them, what they liked. Yeah, so this section, um, Highways, is my favorite one because the narrator is always just smoking, driving, just thinking deep thoughts. And honestly, like, I'd be doing that sometimes. Never. I don't feel good. I do drive a lot. She even says, um, when, I got, when I got older, I never wanted to be home. I drive around at night for hours, smoking joints and listening to the sound of wind up against my car. There's days that you just want to drive in complete silence. Just have your your deep thoughts. So yeah, this story was was really nice. I liked it a lot. Cafecito on page 66 and 67 was my favorite story from this selection. I like this story a lot. Um, or poem because she, the narrator, is a single mother and she's talking to her friend about her life while they're drinking coffee. Talking about some some serious stuff. 
She talks about being depressed. She also describes love um, as a highway and driving in it. They use she uses a lot of metaphors comparing love to different things. So in this one where she says Oh yeah, on page sixty-seven it says, I'm just tired, you know. Tired of love being some dried up river everyone is squeezing squeezing drops out of. I feel like I can't communicate freely. Love stops and starts like traffic. Sometimes you get on the smooth highway and fly, and then the highway turns into two-lane country road. Um, she also says, that's what happened when it turned into the road. He got out of the car. Where's the partner that, when there's mud, gets out and helps push the damn thing? So this is what her friend says. Yeah, why are you even in a car? You know, highways, country roads, traffic, lights, and the world of a car that there exists a plane. Somewhere we're above all of us. Somewhere above us, there's a chingona flying her own plane with her daughter strapped in. Both the, both of them wearing some hot pink Avidir goggles. I like what her friend says. Like she's trying to like encourage encourage her friend. Like you don't need someone to be a chingona. Like it's, we know that you're a single mom. That doesn't mean anything bad. Like you can always be that chingona with your daughter. I like it. I like her. I like her friend. So that's when she says, "Yeah." I laughed. I want to be that chingona. I even put like a little heart on it because I strive to be the chingona. Like, um, I really want to be. Let me see. Um, this is something I really want to accomplish. I want to be content with myself and my son, knowing that. I can do it all by myself. I like how her friend is telling her that I kind of make her feel better about things, about love, not always having someone there. Um, on podcast three, I agree um, with everybody talking about cafecito. They also agree um, that she uses a lot of love metaphors, and they even like um, how they how she uses um, chingona at the end, and that's where. It goes to the the next the next story, which is La Chingona, and I'm excited to read that one. That one next, but yeah, it was a really nice um it was a really nice poem. I liked it a lot. A section I enjoyed and connected to was La Chingona on page sixty eight. Um, a quote that I like is where it says, "I am a Chingona that doesn't want to chingar anyone. I want to be." Nurture, I want to nurture, be nurtured, I want you to lift your chin. Um, I like this quote because I want to be cared for and I want to be loved for and I want to reciprocate that feeling back to someone. Um, I am a chingona. I can say that because I am a strong, independent woman. I've been through a lot of situations that honestly I feel like I'm by chingona this, to that point I feel like it now. Um, another quote that I do like, honestly, I can connect to is, um, where it says, one of my greatest fears is having been born with bad instincts. I've made so many decisions I've later regretted. Honestly, like, I'm really bad at making decisions. Like, I don't listen to anyone, like, when I ask for opinion, like, I just do whatever I want. 
right? And the like, the worst of it is ever. There is a metaphor um, in this story where it says, in the wild, if you're a jaguar, they can hunt or run, you eventually die. As a deer, if you can outrun the jaguar, igual. I am a woman who is sometimes not sure I will survive. I've always had a sort of fertility about me, a vulnerability, like maybe I can hunt or maybe I won't outrun the the jaguar. So she's saying that she can relate to being a jaguar that can hunt, that ends up dying later on, or deer that can outrun a jaguar and ends up dying. She's kind of an emotional mess. There's an, a, another quote that I connect to where it says, as a, as a child, I would readily get in my feelings hurt and sob into my mother's shoulder. And like her, I am an emotion, emotional mess as well. I am a cancer. And if you know, cancers are crybabies. Like you get her feelings hurt. You take everything too personal. So I've always been like crybaby kid. It was a cry to my mom. So yeah, this story was nice. I had it had to be this one because I like cafecito. So yeah, it makes sense for me to like lechingona. Yeah. I would like to share my opinion on one of the four podcasts that I listen to on College Girl. That podcast is College Girl Part Two. Um, I personally think that Gris Munoz is a really talented writer. I love it that when you read her her book, Collected Girl, you can totally relate to what she's saying. You understand. You feel like you're there. Why? Because you experienced that stuff before. And that's something that makes me feel like that I, I can really enjoy this book because she's deriving from the Hispanic um, culture, f like we are, of course. Um, that's something for me that is really amazing and something that um, no other writer can do that but her. My favorite part in this last section of the story was that um, when he kept talking about how he likes Isaac and he was always talking about her love and the whole story also if he changed the, talk, the topic a little bit but then he goes back about how he likes her. Um, he also talked about her love and how he also loves her more than everything and how he felt with loving a nurse is natural for him but like if it was for another person it's going to become it's it's a source of confusion i mean like i liked how he was explaining i say that when he want to leave it's not about like another lady like he was trying to explain her it's not about another lady and he only likes her so like you girl by gris muñoz was a really um nice like collection of poems and short stories she's a powerful poet And I just love how she um, she expresses her experiences as a Mexican, like on the border and like her roots and like her childhood and how she was brought up like in the hood and just like her struggles in life. And that led up to like who is she is now. I think she's very inspirational. Um, 
I loved Beer Run specifically because it talks about like the down side of like living in the hood and like what she saw as a little girl and like how it like affected her. And I also loved um, a poem, I think on page 70, it was about death and how she feared it. And I just really can relate to that because I feel like a lot of people fear death and like her grandma was comforting her and saying like, you shouldn't fear that. Like you should fear like living. Thanks for joining us on this bonus episode featuring EPCC student responses to Kuatakwe Girl. And if you haven't read it, we hope we inspire you to pick up a copy. You can also find a signed copy of the collection through Literarity and Brave Books in El Paso. Follow us on Instagram at literallyliterary.ep and on Twitter at literallylitep.